Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is Saturday, February 19th, 2022, and it is 9 a.m. sharp. Let's get into this quick market check. Griff, what, what, what have you seen in the markets this week? What have you thought here? Um, I didn't pay too much attention to my wallet, but that's because, you know, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, so I really don't care. Mm. Um, it looks like Bitcoin's been, I guess you could say between like 32,000 and 69,000, it's been going up and down for quite some time now. So, uh, this is a relatively good time to buy it. Uh, you know, everything else, it's really hard to, it's really hard to see how it's going to get better considering a lot of the inside trading got exposed this past week, if I saw correctly. Oh, are you talking about the Federal Reserve deal? Yeah, and just like now it's all of a sudden they can't uh, basically trade or, you know, play games essentially. And obviously I think that's the right thing to do, but that probably was a good chunk. Like one, that's a good chunk of money. More likely, uh, you know, investor confidence just goes down in times of uncertainty like this. And at the same time, there's a rate hike coming. Um, just a whole bunch of, we might be going to war. <laughs> Who knows, like, what's going on. Um, so, hmm. market's not doing well. Not too surprising. But, like I said, one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. So, thankfully, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't really have 100%. that. Um, I don't know. I, I just uh, I just posted a little bit about it um, on Twitter the other day. Posted a couple of screenshots, some charts. Um, but we always say, uh, you know, we, we we get into the market check, and it's like, yeah, we want to check in on the price here. Oh, for you guys that aren't that are, that are listening, um, the price today is thirty nine nine seven seven. So we're sitting right at, right under forty thousand. So. Um, Anyways, uh, we, we always get to the point of one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, right? Um, it's funny. Uh, so, you know, most people are so comfortable with the dollar um, that they don't realize that this is also true for the dollar. But in but there's a little twist at the end here. So one dollar is one dollar, 100 percent. Right. But but we know that the Fed can print money and inflate the value of it. Right. The, the buying power can be eroded. But. $1 is $1, right? If you compare $1 to $1, they equal the same, right? If you look at the charts, they're flat. It's a flat chart. Uh, but if you compare the dollar's value to a euro or a yen or Bitcoin or anything else, um, then you will see the value go up and down and up and down, right? It hovers around a dollar, right? Against everything else. Yeah, it's all, it, yeah, it all hovers around the dollar for sure. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to see like, oh, everybody thinks like the dollar is just like it's just like a flat value, but it's technically not. The thing about it is, is uh, purchasing power. I mean, that's really all that matters, right? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, what does the value within that dollar mean? And I saw on Twitter this week, it was like some Bitcoin guy. He was like, you know, it's funny how many people start saying one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin um once the price goes down and i was like <laughs> except for we've we say it like we've said it this whole time like i mean it's something that i have said since i heard it because it's the truth what you really should be looking at with bitcoin in terms of as an investment is what's your purchasing power with it 
And mm -hmm. I would say a lot of people would argue that you shouldn't be touching your Bitcoin until one Bitcoin's buying you like a castle. Like, <laughs> I mean, like you just shouldn't touch it until the purchasing power of it. Uh, when we enter more of a Bitcoin standard, yeah. um, that's when you maybe you should touch some of it. Or if, you know, I know a lot of people think and you know who knows that we will still have currencies and then it'll be backed by bitcoin i think nick i think you're kind of more on that line of thought than i am um but one bitcoin is one bitcoin it i mean what that means is that it'll always be one of 21 million that are ever distributed by the network what that means is it can never get devalued against inflation or time and so it's super important to always highlight when we look at that market, no matter what the price is, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. Um, it's a long, long term play. Who cares what it's going to be worth in dollars? A lot of them. It's more like, you know, with all these price projections, it's more like until the money printer goes burr to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> and then like, and then all of a sudden, we're going to be in a hyper Bitcoin state. And it won't matter how much you buy, you're going to be out. You can't buy more than the U.S. government. What? Um, let me switch gears on you here. I was just, uh, I was just, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? I was, I was just uh, looking through our Twitter, and was seeing what I had posted the other day about, um, about uh, you know how how do you save Bitcoin? How do you buy Bitcoin? Do you have a system for that? Um, and I and, and I was looking at this. This is what made me think of it. Um, can you see my, yeah, you can see me here. Um, but you know, I have, I have, uh, 20% directly deposited to spy strike. And then I, I had a hundred percent of that, that amount to convert automatically to Bitcoin. Um, I actually, uh, just changed the, uh, the process yesterday. Um, and I set up an hourly buy for 24, every 24, every hour for 24 hours for 14 days. Cause I get paid every other week. Um, I've got it set up to where I do hourly purchases and the amount that I've got it set to, um, it will burn up. It, it will buy all Bitcoin with the, the dollars that were deposited to strike by the time I get paid next time. So I've got, I've got all of these like hourly buys coming through, dude, I'm getting so many emails, but it's kind of interesting because you, you go through and it's, uh, and it's, um, to start, it was 1900, huh? You see how many sats you buy. Yeah, it was so it was 1960 the first one, and then uh, then it was 1954. So the price went up, and I bought actually less with that same amount of money. And then it was 1971, 1975, 1983, 1987. So um, with the same with the same dollar amount, I'm able to buy more, possibly less um, if price goes up. But uh, if price goes up, I mean, what are we what are we worried about? You know, what I, mean? I really like uh the dollar cost averaging because <clears throat> there's so often i get paid and then i'm not going to get paid for two weeks and i have whatever amount of money that i have sitting in there right mm -hmm. make your buy your bitcoin with your cash which would be a great investment but you know how often does it go down 50 percent, or then goes up 15 percent, or whatever it might be and i'm just like okay you can't time this market. I just want to buy it. <laughs> like, I just want to buy the Bitcoin at the best price possible, like on average over these two weeks. And it's really cool that you can do that with Strike. 
I'm a here's a here's a cool deal from me. I had so I had this little Tulsa finance guy page on Instagram for a little while, and uh, dude, the, the dollar cost averaging thing is crazy. So before I get into this little example here, um, Janae and I have been have been buying Bitcoin every paycheck uh, for several months now at this point, and. When we originally started buying the 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 dollar price of one Bitcoin was like it was right around fifty seven thousand, and then we we went up to to sixty nine thousand right, and then we came back down, and now we're sitting right under forty thousand right. Um, the price has not come back to that point, uh, but because we've dollar cost averaged our, our way through, we're still down all time, but we're we're down uh, significantly less than had we just put one big lump sum in. And this this little example here, I don't know if you're reading through it, but it, it really uh, it really brings it to life. So you have five hundred five hundred dollars to invest. Um, now you could invest that all in one sum, but you're going to dollar cost average, and you're going to invest one hundred dollars a month uh, for five months, right? Equaling your total five hundred dollars. So in month one, your one hundred dollars buys four shares of a company. Um, we're talking about equities here, but the same is true with with Bitcoin, right? Um, $100 bought four shares at $25 each. Month two, we bought five shares for $20 each. Month three, we bought 10 shares at $10 each. And uh, month four, we bought five shares at $20 each. And then in month five, last month, we spend uh, $20 each for five more shares. So at the end of the five months, we've got a total of 29 shares, right? And this is the $500 that we'd spent. So after the fifth month, you own 29 shares with an average cost of $19 a share, right? If you just average those out, that's $551 in value for $500 invested. And the share price never rose above the original $25. That's a 10.2% rate of return. Dude, that's crazy, right? I mean, you originally bought in at 25. Think of if you had bought in all $500 at 25 and now, and now the, the, the last price right in month five is 20 bucks. Well, you're down, right? You're, you're down uh, five bucks on each of those shares, right? However many uh, that would have bought at the time, right? 500 bucks. Well, the, uh, what? Anyways. So, I mean, the power of dollar cost averaging, dude, is really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I think it's so. Good. So I was going to ask you. So what 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 kind of system do you have right now as far as buying Bitcoin? I know that you 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 may have used the. You, don't you use the Fold card as well? I use Fold. It's a Bitcoin Rewards debit card where I just pay my bills on there and I get it back with spins. You can get up to like ten percent. It's pretty crazy. Fold. No yeah. free advertisements though. So. <laughs> So I can't. You said there is free advertisements. I said I, we can't give out free advertisements. So, but uh, oh. Bitcoin Rewards debit card. I think it's cool because uh, not everybody wants to use a credit card all the time. So if you have bills you're going to pay with a check or debit, you can get Bitcoin back for it. I get Bitcoin back on my rent, like five percent. Five. Do you really? Yeah, five percent of my rent I get wow. back. So I'll get like seventy thousand Sats for one rent payment, which is pretty awesome. But, uh, I need I need to look into this because I'm not using any of that stuff. Oh, I do that, and then I just buy on Strike. Strike is you know it's a it's a decentralized app built on the Lightning Network, mm-hmm. and I like that. Uh, and it's very easy to transfer it into my Blue Wallet, um, and it costs nothing. They actually Dude. make the transfers so 
that's how I do it. I don't really do the dollar cost averaging every time. Um, I will make like <clears throat> like 200 or a million sats at a time or something like that. Right now, to be honest with you, like I feel like anytime I see a three on it, I want to smash the buy button really hard. <laughs> but <laughs> I do think it that. starts with a three, huh? I think Bitcoin has a ways to go up in 2022 because money is just going to shift. And even in times of a recession, Bitcoin is still less than a trillion dollar asset. So even in the short term, looking at it, um, if Bitcoin is what it's meant to be, uh, like an inflation hedge or uh, digital gold, or um, as we know, the network itself is getting stronger. I mean, the hash rate is going up people getting lightning nodes is going up. So the fundamentals of Bitcoin are going up. The price mm-hmm. might not be going up right now, but the fundamentals are. I'm just saying that in the short term, as in the next few weeks, I do see how Bitcoin could continue to go down a little bit. But over the next three to six months, I don't really see how it's not going to come roaring back over its like last all-time high. I don't want to, I don't really do price predictions or anything. But uh yeah. There's nothing telling me, Nick, that Bitcoin is done in 2022 or that we're in some kind of bear market. We've kind of been in one since the 69,000 first all-time high. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of my thoughts on some of the short-term, long-term. I mean, it's easy to scare Bitcoin right now. It's under a trillion dollars. But yeah, when the housing market, you know, takes a little little, little dive, when when quantitative easing really leaves the markets next month, when they start tapering for real uh, and they raise interest rates, even though they're not going to raise them enough for the climate that we're in, but they're going to raise them. Hey, all I'm going to say is a lot of money is going to have to transfer and and it's going to transfer into savings accounts of all kinds. And Bitcoin is, if anything, a savings account, if you ask me, I mean, it simply is a really high, high potential return savings account at this point in time, but it is what it is. Uh, People just don't understand it yet. So. So you, you were kind of mentioning it earlier um, as far as, you know, moving moving money. You know, you said you use Strike because it's free. Another cool deal, uh, and I was looking at it this morning and, and got this set up this morning, uh, but this is a little screenshot from uh, Ally Bank, uh, who Janae and I will use as a separate savings account. Um, they've, got, they've got some cool, like, little online savings, right? Like, we're huge on, we're, we're Bitcoin maximalists, right? And we're going to get into that, I think, here in just a second, but... Um, you know, being Bitcoin maximalist, I still believe that it is important to have an emergency fund, to have cash on the sideline. We've got to be ready for real life, you know, type emergencies, right? Because um, the last thing you want to do is just have to sell, you all, sell all your Bitcoin because, you know, XYZ happened and you weren't prepared for it. So uh, that being said, um, we do use different, different savings account. We're not talking about like huge lump sums of money. I mean, this is like a this is a thirty five dollar uh, transfer over that we'll do um, a couple times a month. But anyways, this is what I was looking at here. This transfer speed. Look at this. Three days took me three days, dude, to send thirty five bucks from my Chase bank, which I am going to be switching from Chase. I think I'm getting away from the big banks, dog. I am moving from Chase bank to more local bank here in Tulsa, I believe. But anyways, three days to transfer from Chase to uh, to Ally. I mean, that's ridiculous, dude. Like, what? Are, why does that take that long? That is so dumb. So what I did was connected Ally to Strike, and I can send money free of fees to Strike from my Chase uh, account, 
and then from strike to ally uh for 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 zero dollars and it's like super quick that's pretty cool i uh well strike you can put money on strike for free from like any bank account it accepts right like it's super low fees um there's no fee it says no fee yeah but nick did say it like we we're gonna put out two episodes this week which is like semi-exciting but the first one we just wanted to talk about we've been talking about how we've been investing in bitcoin i guess to kick it off today uh but strike to blue wallet get your own keys get it off exchanges um even you know fundamentally we should be running our own node to really protect it and to have it on our like i have it on a hardware device um but I don't necessarily feel like Blue Wallet is unsafe or just having, you know, a hardware wallet like that is uh, unsafe. You're probably okay. <clears throat> but they're going to come for your Bitcoin, I'm telling you. If you have it on an exchange and you didn't, like, properly report it on taxes or whatever it might be, they're going to find a way to come get it from you. Uh, they did it with gold. They're going to do it with Bitcoin um, without a doubt. And you probably need to learn how to self-custody. But that goes into the conversation. Not enough people uh, are Bitcoiners in the world right now. Not enough people are seeing uh, the true value in the Bitcoin network. And that's what me and Nick were going to touch on this morning. And then just that, what is a Bitcoiner? Like what constitute, what makes somebody a Bitcoiner? Um, and I certainly have my thoughts, I guess. I would say there's just like a, probably a few floor type things like if you don't understand this or you've never read this or you don't have this much allocated to it i probably wouldn't say you're a bitcoiner right now just being honest but uh those are just kind of where i would start out what do you think a bitcoiner is phil man are we talking about a bitcoiner like a like a bitcoin maximalist is that what we're talking about i don't really understand or like Bitcoin so, is more like somebody who thinks Bitcoin's going to a hundred million a coin and there's no other thing that could ever uh, disrupt Bitcoin and there's nothing that's wrong with it. And I don't really think that. I just mean a Bitcoiner. I mean, somebody who understands the true mm. difference between crypto and Bitcoin, somebody who understands what a node is, somebody who understands how nodes work with each other, somebody who understands how mining operates and somebody who understands that there are investable pieces into the digital age with not just Bitcoin. There are other projects and I don't mean crypto projects. I just mean there's other things going on in the world that support the Bitcoin thesis. Um, So people who can kind of wrap their minds around a Bitcoin world uh, as they see technology taking over and know human capital really kind of taking a decline especially in the talent department in certain really developed countries uh people can see where the a deflationary bitcoin environment you know where it could be and i think of what a bitcoiner is is somebody who sees that as more of a utopian society uh rather than dystopian which you know i think that's what makes the difference between a lot of these altcoins and bitcoin it's like did I don't think you want a shadow organization running your Netflix account. Like, I don't think you want them running your Twitter because you think it's web three or decentralized or this, that, or the other thing. And it's not, and that's not what 
you know, hum, what we're trying to evolve to, I don't think. And so I just think a Bitcoiner is somebody who at least fundamentally understands how we could get to the yeah. end. Like a Bitcoiner is somebody with a very aggressive end game for Bitcoin. That's it. I mean, just a really yeah. aggressive, uh, optimistic look at what Bitcoin could be for the world in like 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years. Yeah, I think uh, I think we I think we made this distinction several times in several episodes, but um, we're not playing the short game. You know, we're we're playing the longer game. And uh, I, to your point, right? We're talking about what what is what is a Bitcoiner, um, or or what attributes make up a Bitcoiner. Um, for sure, you got to understand the basics, right? I mean, I uh, I actually got on. I was on a Twitter space yesterday. Um, and it was like Bitcoin miners and, and they were talking about all this Bitcoin mining and stuff. And, uh, dude, I mean, like they were talking about like the business side of things, the finance side of things, right? Like, um, one of the things that I'd never thought about and I was asking questions about, it was pretty interesting, um, was, you know, they're running these huge mining rigs, right? Wh whether it's like a, a big company or if it's, you know, just a couple of dudes running a couple of, uh, miners in a backyard or something like that, wh whatever it is, right? you're getting paid in Bitcoin for fees. And if you, if you find the, the hash uh, the, or the, what do they call it? The key, wh whatever it is, you, you, you find the hash and you get the Bitcoin reward. It's all coming in Bitcoin, but you're paying, you, you have to pay in dollars for the power to put all this stuff together, right? To, to fuel the whole thing. So then what do you, how, how do you pay for that? How do you pay for that, uh, that power bill, right? This one guy was talking about, He's paying eight grand a month in power, you know, um, that's a Bitcoin, all right? <laughs> but he's paying eight grand a month in, in, uh, in power and in, in electric charges uh, to run Bitcoin or to run a Bitcoin miner and, and collect more Bitcoin. Anyways, um, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot, huh? Does he actually get Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I haven't really looked much into the mining pieces um, as far as like how fees work um how like verification works and all that stuff i, I don't want to get into that now but anyways a bitcoin a bitcoiner you know i think i think another thing right you got to understand the fundamentals of how, what it is how it works uh, but then I, I i guess it's a little bit more subjective right to think about what's the long game of bitcoin because you know i think you and i have similar views i think there's some little differences uh, but i think the fundamentals of it uh you and i pretty much agree on um and, and I, and I got to imagine that that's somebody else, somebody else's is a little different, but we've also got to talk about having um, a low time preference, right? Meaning we don't need this tomorrow. We're, we're playing a very long-term game. I think that's a true Bitcoiner. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if you ever experienced this. I, I experienced it at work and it's kind of a funny joke. We have some fun with it, but you know, I'm like the Bitcoin guy at the office and so we'll get talking about it and they, they'll like make fun of me and stuff. It's kind of fun. We, we, we mess around with each other and stuff. Stuff is bad. But, um, you know, they get to the point and it's like, if you're a true Bitcoiner, you don't feel, you don't have, I don't have to be so defensive because I don't worry. Don't worry, guys. I, I'm, I'm going to be all right. You know, um, and, you know, whenever you get to that point where whenever you're starting to feel defensive all the time, dude, because I did in the beginning, people were like making fun of it and like, oh, it's just like cold sketch or whatever. But I was like, golly man if I, why do these guys not get it you know why can't they understand or whatever and you know i'm just wanting excited wanting to share some stuff with these guys but you've got to you've got to do your own research you know i mean 
I, I could, I could, you know, talk until the freaking uh, cows come home, but if they don't do their own research and, um, and, and look into things themselves and follow the rabbit trail themselves, I mean, you don't really appreciate the information, right? Um, you, you, if you haven't done research into the current system to, to identify what the real need even is for Bitcoin, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, what's, there's not even any real intrinsic value in Bitcoin. It's not real. It's just digital. Okay. That's, that's, like, the, that's like the most closed-minded thing you could say where you're like, okay, so you haven't done any research. You haven't looked into this at all. Zero looking into A lot of imagination. That's huh? really, I would say you need a lot of imagination to be a Bitcoiner. Hmm. Technically, like, I just think that <clears throat> that makes sense. Well, it's, it is really hard. Like I sometimes I, and I hope there's other Bitcoin people who feel this way, but, uh, I have very often, like I'll sometimes like I'll wake up and I go, am I like, fuck it. Am I crazy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, like I'll, I'll what, be like, what am I doing? Putting all my money here or whatever. Yeah. And then I'll just go back and read the fund some of the fundamentals of money and, you know, at the end of the day, like there's not a lot of people invested in Bitcoin. So you can look at that as bullish or you could look at that as it well, better catch on. Like, cause if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I, I think at the end of the day, like once you get to that, Bitcoin is inevitable peace and you mm-hmm. believe that and you have like, I promise you, I got into Bitcoin before it was ever developed at a country, right? Like, or before it was ever legal tender. Now it's legal tender in two nations. I was into Bitcoin before anybody in Congress was talking about it or like the, or the president of the United States was going to issue an executive order to regulate a crypto market. Next week. (laughs) I was in it before Dogecoin was a penny. I was in it before, like, you know what I'm saying? So I've seen some things happen in just crypto and Bitcoin in general. Um, And it makes you kind of a believer. Now, I chose to be a believer in Bitcoin because I kept reading about what all of these things are. And eventually, once you do enough reading, you get to that Bitcoin channel where you're just like, yeah, if you're investing in any of these other ones, like, let's just be honest. It's, <laughs> it's not worth a lot. Like, it's the most schemes. Um, and most of them are really looking to just suck some money up and then figure out a way to get out. Yeah. So I think that a Bitcoiner has to be imaginative because I'm telling you, you've got to imagine a whole new world, dog. You just got into it. You know, the next piece is probably, well, Russia is probably going to start accepting it for oil exchanges. So like, I guess that's it. But like people don't understand a year, just a year ago, that was like conspiracy theory. Bitcoin is Bitcoin is often associated with like alt-right conspiracy theorists for some odd reason. Um, (laughs) And maybe it's because Bitcoiners are more adept to freedom than anything else. And they really don't. And the imagination piece Mm. is really high and the creativity piece is real high because some of these developers in Bitcoin, you are really developing the entire financial future of the world. And that's kind of like developing the constitution of the United States way back when, because it's like, wow, we have to project 200 years here, but it needs to be able to govern a society. That's exactly what Bitcoin is. And People obviously don't think that uh, they'll join Bitcoin or buy Bitcoin or whatever, but that's why they don't understand. It's inevitable because it's, it's, it's such a brilliant advancement. Like there's nothing you can do. It'd be, it'd be like trying to stop the, it's like trying to stop the internet, except for faster. 
And so I think of Bitcoin or somebody who comes with numbers. Like you might not, uh, you might not even agree with everything about Bitcoin. You might not even think it's the best one. You might look at some of these other networks and go, yeah, like they do some cool stuff. Like, you know, I wish Bitcoin already had that, or I wish like Bitcoin was easier to code into or whatever, whatever your example might be. But the thing is, is Bitcoin is the durable, undeniable, inevitable monetary backing of the world. And it's a network like we've never seen before. None, none of these other cryptos have the network and none of these other cryptos can ever imitate what Bitcoin did. So I just think of Bitcoin or somebody who accepts the inevitability of it. It's an, it's an inevitable thing more than it is like, you know, once you, once you accept that inevitable piece of Bitcoin, Nick, like you would agree, there's some, there's some bad things that could be associated with that over the next 10 years. I mean, switching to a new currency can be rough. It can be turbulent. There's going to be some very upset old money that doesn't want this to happen. Um, there's a lot of malinvestment in society. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're just going to have to find a way around it. But Bitcoin really is the only solution. Once, And I think that's what a Bitcoiner is, is somebody who has really worked through a lot of this stuff and gone, wow, yeah, probably just need some Bitcoin. Like, I don't, we don't really need any of these other ones to mess it up. Like, it's really just Bitcoin. All the other ones, there's really and, nothing out there. Like you know, and, and the, the things that we had mentioned in the, store value episode and the medium of exchange episode um, are really those core fundamentals of Bitcoin that no other crypto is like. No other crypto has the, the, the core protocol that Bitcoin does. Um, and, and, you know, here's an interesting piece too, right? Uh, you can copy the Bitcoin code and create an exact copy of Bitcoin, right? Uh, you could go out and create, uh, we could create Nick and Griff coin and we could exactly copy uh, Bitcoin's code and, you know, change some names and, and, uh, and call it, uh, Nick and Griff coin instead of Bitcoin. And it's the same exact code, but the code is not the network. And the network is what the most powerful, one of the most power, you know, the, the power part of Bitcoin, right? Obviously Bitcoin's got the core protocol, but it, it, it that, that does nothing without the network. And the network at this point has been built so much uh, it's it, it's it's got a huge infrastructure that it's getting built on that that is continuing to be built. Biggest um, network in the world, dude. It's the biggest. It's the biggest computer network in the world. Hundred percent. Your monetary network in the world, <laughs> and it's crazy. Like that's what we're talking about. If you're a Bitcoiner, you look at the fundamentals more than you look at the price in USD, because yeah. you know at the end of the day, good investment investment. Sorry, is something that the fundamentals work you're like oh this is just going to keep getting better like the business works it'd, it'd be like investing in amazon back in 2000 when they all like the dot-com boom or bust happened and amazon goes to two dollars well if you actually learned the company of amazon believed in its founder you understood it a lot better than other people like we kind of talk about bitcoin you're just going to ride the wave like you understand like you're invested into something that works and that's what's that is the problem mainly with the malinvestment we talk about in today's society that Bitcoin will get rid of. People, you can just throw your money in the stupidest things and make money back right now. And at the end of the day, 
that's not good. Like, that's not good. We don't need that many lotteries. Lotteries don't produce enough winners. Lotteries produce like one winner and everybody else gets screwed. And a lot of investment nowadays really is like a lottery. Um, even our housing market is turning into like a lottery run. It's like, okay, everything's going to be worth a ton, but we all know this can't keep going up like this because at some point when the demand does fizzle out and it will in the next 10 years, what's going to happen? Hey, you're, you're, you're not a true Bitcoiner, right? Uh, tell me what you think. You're not a true Bitcoiner unless you've gotten somebody to believe and you, you've orange-pilled them. You gave them all the details and they're like, oh, shit. Okay, I get it. I think I'm, I'm going to buy. You, know? you get somebody excited enough to just to buy. You know, because if you buy your own, your own Bitcoin, right, and you own some Bitcoin, you're more apt to go look at and see, okay, what's going on here? What's, you know, because you got a little bit of skin in the game, right? Um, but, but you're not a true Bitcoiner until uh, you get somebody to buy and then the price tanks and you're like, dude, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just chill out, just sit on it, don't worry about it. <laughs> and so it was, it was interesting going back to our dollar cost averaging conversation earlier. Um, you know, Janae and I were looking, we were looking at our, at our average buys and, and I'll have to do the math because, um, I haven't tracked all of my buys and stuff so far, but you can go back and see like the, the, the price that you bought at, how much you bought and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but we were looking at that, um, with our dollar cost averaging, as long as you're not just doing one lump sum and letting it sit, um, you can dollar cost average yourself short term wise, short to midterm into uh into being in a much better position right we if we had just put our lump, one lump sum in whenever we first bought at 57 well we'd be way down right now we're at like 39 40 right but because i've dollar cost averaged along the way we're really not down that much we're down like you know 100 bucks and we've got significantly more than that in the market uh in bitcoin you know so it's like we're only down 100 bucks when we should be down you know if we had just put uh, a one lump sum in so it's funny, yeah. You're, you're probably not a real Bitcoiner unless uh, unless you've told somebody to get in and they get in and they buy and the price tanks and you're like, ah, oh, sorry about that, man. But you were gonna burn that money on something else anyway. Just sit on it and it'll come back. Don't worry, you know. Well, this isn't financial advice. This is just us talking about uh, the dematerialization of money into the internet. Uh, this yeah. is just talking about, like me and Nick has said. Uh, asset that can never be devalued over time and that you can transfer over space and time for nothing so now you can take your value anywhere in the world and i think that's uh it's that's all we're talking about we're not talking about too much more um but we're gonna have uh another episode coming out this week where we talk to a shit coiner i mean i i don't mean to <laughs> i don't mean to Right on this guy's head. Huh? Yeah, without without saying it, he's like three days behind the news. He will talk about every altcoin imaginable. But <laughs> the funniest thing, I swear, like I just said, he will text us like three days after something's happened. And he'll be like, guys, did you see this? I'm like, man, it's like altcoin news slower or something. I was like, dude, this happened like three days ago. We're, we're past this. Like, it's not uh... even a problem anymore. But uh, no, we're, so, we, we for, for you guys, yeah, we're because we're bringing on a not Bitcoiner, and yeah, the first time we've done that on this podcast. Even our last guest was definitely a 
he might be even more hardcore than us. So like, you know, at the end of the day. Well, uh, I don't know that, I don't know that uh, he's not a Bitcoiner. I think he's a big Bitcoiner, but I think he, uh, he sees other things a little different than we do and how they all play together. But he's definitely, I don't think he's a Bitcoin maximalist. He's definitely not a Bitcoin maximalist, but he likes, he likes playing the game. And, and he did say right at one point that his time horizon is very, uh, very low, right? Meaning he's, he's like, he's in and out. He's playing some of the, the quick in and out like altcoin games. Um, and I think he might do the same with Bitcoin as well. But yeah, so uh, you guys listening and watching, um, we are having Nico Coleman come on the show. Um, we're filming that one here this afternoon. I don't know if we're going to, when we're going to post that, we'll get it figured out, but um, so Griff and I, we were uh, teammates in college playing football together. We were both quarterbacks at the University at Albany. Griff played in JUCO and then at Nevada. I uh, walked on at Oklahoma State, transferred, went to uh, an NAIA school in Kansas, went to JUCO, and then went to Albany. Um, and so Griff, got to, Griff and I got to spend a year there. And our center there um, at the University of Albany is Nico Coleman. He's a good friend. We get to have some fun. Uh, it's funny, uh, Nico and Griff really, they really get going after each other and it is too fun to watch, uh, especially on text message because it's all, it's all there recorded and then we can go back and look at it later and we're like, man, you know, <laughs> sometimes we'll get in our group text. I'll come, I'll come back and I'll check my phone. I'll be at the office or something. And you guys have gone back and forth. And I got like 30, 30 missed texts. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Well, it only happens from time to time. And just going into this next episode, uh, you know, we, it was important for us to talk about today, like right before this episode, what it means to be a Bitcoiner a little bit. Uh, and it's the imagination. It's the low time preference. It is the one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin uh, thesis and the inevitability, the durability, like that you understanding your mind that this thing is coming no matter what happens. Uh just so everybody knows, Nico has increased his Bitcoin percentage in his portfolio ever since we started arguing. I have not bought any more altcoins. <laughs> uh, so you can t- we, you'll see how these arguments go. I'm excited for it. I'm gonna get like yeah. a gallon of coffee. Uh, <laughs> I'll be on top of his ass. So it'll be. <laughs> No, it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Nico's a good friend. We always have fun with Nico. He's uh he's definitely one of my best friends. Griff, I don't know. I can't I can't talk for you, but it it'll be fun. I'm excited to have him on. Um, I love so him. I just he's he's a fun target in these conversations. <laughs> well, N- Nico's a natural arguer, you know. Th- this guy could he could ride something all the way down to the end of it, you know. Um and it's and it makes for a ton of fun, especially when it's like, you know, we all we all enjoy talking about talking about bitcoin and you know just just the crypto space in general is like you know after you after you really jump into bitcoin and you're a true bitcoin maxi um you start looking at these other things and you're like oh boy what are these guys got cooking up this time you know (laughs) and so uh it'll be fun it'll be fun to hop on thank you guys for listening to another episode of the nick and griff show um we always like to say if you want to come talk man come hit us on twitter um, we are, uh, hold on a minute, come hit us on Twitter at Nick and Griff show. Uh, we like to post cool content. We like to talk with people, um, you know, back and forth, whether it's directly on Twitter or just via direct message, but, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to chat with you over there. And if you guys are not watching on YouTube now, come check us out on YouTube. 
Um, it's uh, the Nick and Griff show. Um, we've got uh, we've got our first five. No, is this is this six? Yeah, we've got our first six episodes up here. This will be number seven. So uh, some of these some of these videos are um, just you know just Griff and I hanging out. Others we uh, like last time we pulled up a bunch of charts. So we're getting yeah, more time and yeah, time. We'll, yeah, we're, we're we're figuring this thing out as we go. So we're, we're having some fun along the way. We'll interview some more cool people. We just. Yeah. Uh, we're just taking it one episode at a time. Nobody ever said that you had to make a podcast for the followers. Um, although it's, yeah, <laughs> we do have like 40 on Twitter now. So we're growing nice and slowly. Um, at the end of the day, me and Nick aren't making this content. Like we said at the beginning for anything. I mean, like I'm up at six in the morning talking about it. Nick's over there in the morning in Tulsa talking about it. Um, mainly just, if we just flip a couple people from, doing all these episodes once a week uh super easy in the morning it's worth it for us uh because we feel like you know as many plebs as we can bring into bitcoin before it gets big as many people we can get to 10 million sats before it gets to a million a coin or some crazy number uh we did our job because you know wealth really should be distributed more evenly in the world i do believe that i think everybody really believes that um but, you know, you have to invest in the right things to be a part of whatever you consider the top 1%. You have to do the right things to get there. And, you know, Bitcoin very, very, very well could be uh, what the 1% is in 10 to 20 years. If you didn't touch it, well, sucks. You're going to have to work for it. Whereas other 100%. people are just going to have it. So yeah, uh, if we can get two people, if we can get Nico, you know, mention that portfolio more <laughs> We're doing our job. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for listening to another episode, and we will see you next time.